0: Snuff Production. This is Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. In this episode, we're going to talk about presidential potential presidential candidate in the U.S. Democrat Elizabeth Warren. You may have known of her. She did make headlines. Uh, when Trump called her Pocahontas <laughs> <laughs> earlier this year because of her, uh, well, she said she was native, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it created a bit of a stir, headlines. So, in this podcast, every week, we take an international uh, matter of interest and then we dissect it and break it down and make it really easy to sort of understand because some of them are very, very complex. And this is the man to do it. <laughs> Double PhD, having, you know, Dr. Keith Suter, who, um, is very well known on the Australian stage and media stage because, you know, you are a master of this kind of stuff. So without further ado, Elizabeth Warren, give us the background of her because yes. she's actually quite a popular Democrat, isn't she?
1: She is. She keeps going up and down in the um, uh, stakes for the de- becoming the Democrat candidate for the presidential election in November of next year. Senator Bernie Sanders is still doing well and, of course, Joe Biden is also favoured by the Democrat establishment and she's a, a third person. I think that... Back in 2016, if she had made her run, she might well have been elected or Senator Sanders. But, of course, the the Democratic Party establishment decided it was Mrs. Clinton and Senator Warren decided she was not going to challenge Mrs. Clinton. She accepted that it was her turn next. But, of course, she was a disastrous candidate, um, which then ensured that Donald Trump pulled off the most remarkable election success, I think, since 1948. A uh, really was, incredible achievement. What was on 1948? 1948. What was that? <laughs> that was Harry Truman. Oh, Harry Truman was running up against the Republican for re-election. And there's a very famous photo of Harry Truman in the election campaign with the early edition of a Chicago newspaper saying that his opponent, Dewey, had won. But in fact, as you continue to count the votes in 1948, Truman got re-elected. That was an incredible election upset on the part of the Democrat president running for re-election. So you have to go back that far. You've got to have a real knowledge of American politics <laughs> and a good sense of history to be able to go back that far. So Trump pulls off this remarkable 2016 election. And so he wants to run for re-election next year. There are a few question marks and then we need to perhaps look at those question marks in a in a separate program. So Elizabeth Warren has written her memoir called A Fighting Chance. It's a brilliant book. I thoroughly recommend it, even for the lead up to the 2008 financial crisis. It'll make your blood boil, so don't read it late at night because you'll have difficulty going to sleep because it shows how awful the banks and other financial institutions were in the lead up to this. Now, so by way of background, so Elizabeth Warren grew up in Oklahoma. According to family tradition, there is Indian blood in her family, which is why the Pocahontas thing has come up, Pocahontas being a, a well-known uh, Indian woman from, uh, what, 300 years ago. So Warren um, has now, I think, backtracked from claiming that Indian, uh, Indigenous people heritage. So she grew up in a very, well, lower middle class family. She wouldn't call herself working class, but she grew up uh, in very different circumstances from that of President Trump a family that valued education. So she's uh, just about just over seventy years, just about seventy years old. Uh, so seventy years ago, she's very much part of that American middle class story, which is now, of course, on the way out. Which is a subject for a separate program. But essentially, after the war, the um, American forces returned home. They received government assistance in education and housing. America created this incredible middle class society in the 50s and 60s and 70s and she benefited from that she went to university but while there fell in love with uh, the man who became her first husband she dropped out of her college she then became a uh, you know an appropriate sort of mother and also raising dogs she's very fond of dogs so she's very much a standard middle class american mum but then later on she begins to realize there must be more to life than just being at home, looking after the children, making sure there's food on the table when the husband comes home in the evening. And so she goes back to college, trains to be a teacher. The husband, the first husband is very angry that he's not seeing so much of the wife, and so that leads to them being separated, and that first husband died a few years ago. So Warren then starts this whole new journey. You know, she is a most remarkable woman, if you check our two names on Google, you'll see I've been writing about her for years because she was writing about what we now call the global financial crisis. So it was Warren at Harvard and Robert Schiller at Yale, both separately, both warning about a looming financial crisis for the United States. Neither predicted the extent of the crisis and the fact that the whole of the American economy could have been dragged down by the banks, but both were warning that there was a crisis. So, Elizabeth Warren decided to investigate the whole issue of credit and how money is lent to people. Is this in the lead-up to or after the GFC? Well before the GFC. This is how she starts to make her name as a person with a, a legal background and a financial background who just is intrigued about debt. Again, you've got to cast your mind back to the old days. People never lived on debt right? Debt was something that you would be embarrassed about. And then we get a revolution in banking. And so, for example, it's possible still to talk to older women who never got a bank loan. They had to have the husband or the father or the brother for the conversation with the bank manager. That includes here in Australia, not just the United States, because the assumption was women can't be trusted with money. So that was the old days. Credit was rationed. In other words, banks lending you money, it was very, very tightly controlled. And then from the 70s onwards, you begin to get this provision of credit. So you get people having credit cards. Remember, that's a quite a new invention. I can remember my first credit card arriving. Mm. They were just simply sent out to you. You didn't apply. It was just sent out to you automatically. That's how they, they got us addicted in Australia and in the United States. It all began in the United States. So She then said, oh, there's this strange thing called credit. How does it work in the American economy? And because she's got an ex-military background, her, her folks are in the military, and, well, in fact, she's got brothers who are serving or have been serving in the military, she was particularly intrigued about the way in which companies were set up near US military bases. So remember, if you're serving in the military, you're there for a set amount of time, unless, of course, you get killed in combat, but otherwise you sign on for four years, five years, whatever. So you're a guaranteed client, and so these are the people who are being exploited by the credit card companies, charging exorbitant rates of interest on credit card debt. And here you're having people who really didn't understand finance very well. For example, we don't have financial literacy taught in schools. We should do. I was taught the names of all the major rivers of Africa – No one has ever asked me to list all the... (laughs) I've just come back from Africa and while I was in South Africa, nobody asked me to list all the names of the major rivers of Africa. I didn't learn about mortgages or Practicality, yeah. Practicality, survival skills. So Warren got interested in the way in which these credit card uh, businesses were, and, and generally, you know, the provision of debt, payday loans, et cetera, were really exploiting the financial ignorance of individuals. And so she started to write about this. She really created a whole niche for herself. And ultimately, she and her second husband ended up teaching at Harvard. And that's where she made her name, but only within sort of the financial circles. No, she was never a mainstream figure. She she saw herself as, as an academic writing about a very narrow area of financial legislation. She had, of course, no idea of knowing that in 2008 it would become one of the key areas. So you've got the whole issue of debt, credit card debt, payday loans, et cetera, and then, as I say, you had completely separately down at Yale you had Robert Schiller also warning about this high level of debt in the mortgage market. So you get personal debt and you get the household debt with mortgage. So the warning bells were ringing And nobody was listening, or very few were listening. I was listening because I was giving talks on this subject. That's how I became an admirer of Elizabeth Warren because I could see that she was sending the right note of warning. And so when the financial crisis occurs, she's in the right spot at the right time because this is exactly what she's been warning about and the inappropriate behaviour of the banks. As I say, if you read this book, A Fighting Chance, you'll be horrified. As some of the antics, although of course we've in Australia in recent years had our own royal commission, and so a lot of stuff has been revealed. She was talking about all these sorts of things years ago in her financial articles in the journals. Very narrow at that time, no international, no national profile, but a very uh, standard academic. But what I find fascinating is that here you've got somebody from the Midwest, Oklahoma, lower middle class person the value of education, how she then sees herself reinventing herself and ends up with this incredible position at Harvard. So that first half of her life is a really significant development.
0: You're listening to Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. Today we're delving into the life of Elizabeth Warren, who is a very high-profile Democrat in the US, and some say might be the next presidential candidate to go up against Trump, although there are quite a few people throwing their hats in the ring, so we'll see how that goes. But we are getting an education about her background and how she did get into politics. Extraordinary woman, as you said, Keith. So how did she make the change then from being a, uh, an academic, which is a lot of people would argue pot- potentially not as connected to the everyday people, to then yeah. being a politician.
1: So in 2008, we had the financial crisis in the United States. And so uh, people like Barack Obama, the incoming president, look around for experts dealing with issues of relating to the financial crisis. So her name is now on the radar screen. Remember, she she's quite well known in her own field, but the field is not at that time, and before 2008, was not a major issue. Suddenly, people are talking about the question of the financial crisis, the irresponsible behaviour of banks, so both in mortgages, the subprime loan crisis, but also in the way in which credit card companies, etc., are ripping off their clients. So Elizabeth Warren is seen as one of the, to use the American expression, a go-to person. And so President Obama... Uh, the incoming president, says, we've got to uh, find a way of controlling the behaviour of these credit companies. So he then wanted to set up an agency which would then control all the regulations relating to credit. This is part of a wide-ranging series of, of banking reforms. At one point, I think we had 20 bank lobbyists operating in Congress for every member of Congress. A huge lobbying effort went on to block Obama's reforms, which is why, of course, there's now fear that we could end up with another financial crisis, because the reforms that the president wanted to introduce could not be introduced because of the opposition from banks. So,
0: but why does that matter so much over there? I mean, we've got a similar situation here, but they've, had, they've been they've been reined in. Why can't that happen over there?
1: Because of the the, the power of the lobbyists. And, and her book brings this out. She mentions the names of politicians who are on the take. Very, you know, very explicit in referring to particular individuals who are receiving money from the banks because of the lobbying. So the extensive banking reforms that Obama uh, had in mind simply withered away. There were some reforms, but not many. Obama had to make a choice. You know, when you're a president, you, although you're in for four years, basically you've only got two. Your right. first two years, you've got to hit the ground running. And he went ahead with Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act. He said, I can't win two big wars and I will try to improve the health situation. Therefore, he didn't fight that hard in terms of the banking reform. He nominated her to run this new agency but was blocked. Again, Republicans on the payroll for the the banks. So she then returned back to Harvard. She'd had a brief moment as an acting civil servant In Washington. So she goes back to to Harvard. But then a vacancy occurs in Massachusetts. So Harvard is at Boston, Massachusetts. So she decides to run as a senator and gets elected. (laughs) You know, this is a fairy tale story. It'd make a great movie. A a great movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she gets elected. And so she then ends up on the banking committee of the Senate. So the people who cause her so much grief now have to put up with her as one of their colleagues because of her role within the Senate. So she's made her name for herself. So she's beginning to get a bit of, bit more national profile. There are a lot of ordinary Americans who vote Democrat, Republican, or don't bother to vote at all, who are very worried about how they're getting exploited by the finance companies and the banks, et cetera. And so they then become great admirers of Elizabeth Warren. And her name suddenly starts being talked about in the context of the 2016 election campaign. So at that time, in 2016, the Democrat Party, as the the establishment, had their preferred candidate, which was Mrs Clinton. She was being challenged by Senator Sanders, because the argument was that Mrs. Clinton is far too much in thrall to the big finance houses. She's not going to take on the, the banks. She receives money from the banks to give talks to the banks. So she ends up with huge multi-million dollar fees for giving talks to the banks. So Bernie Sanders is campaigning, and Elizabeth Warren appears on the, the radar screen because she's a critic of the banks, but she's also a female. So could she make it as a female candidate? The problem is, Elizabeth Warren says, look, it's really Mrs Clinton's turn. She was unwilling to take on the Democrat well, establishment.
0: Yeah, would you though? I mean, when they've got Clinton coming up as a candidate and you're exactly. still relatively new, you would let that
1: fly. You would, yeah, so, but my own feeling is that she could have, uh, well, she would have appealed to the blue-collar Democrat voter to whom Trump appealed right? She's from Oklahoma, right? She's from the Midwest. She's one of those archetypal Trump voters who traditionally have been Democrat but feel betrayed because the Democrats are now run by the inner city political parties on the East Coast and the West Coast. And so they're focusing far more on the culture wars and all the rest of it. And so you've got a lot of angry people, and Trump mobilized that anger. And so you had a lot of traditional Democrats People, the blue collar voters who supported him. That's why I say it was such a brilliant campaign that he ran. He didn't bother with the big cities. He ran for those a lot of those where you've got the electoral college votes, and that's where he picked them up. That's how he pulled off that incredible success in 2016. My guess is that Warren could have beaten him then, but who knows? It's all history now. So now we're coming. We're we're looking forward to 2020 and Warren's name is now very much in the ring. The fear that I would have, I'm a great admirer of her. I've had because I teach, I'm a professor at Boston University and I have had students who've worked in her constituency office in Boston and they all speak very highly of her. My fear is that I don't think should if she were to become the candidate she could cope with Trump, who is absolutely outrageous in his comments. You know, even the way he bullied Mrs. Clinton, remember? And Mrs. Clinton has had a lifetime in the public eye. We're talking here about an academic who's only had to put up with unruly students. That's the thing. Yeah.
0: Like, you really have to be so, so strong to take on someone
1: like him. Yeah. So this is the tragedy. I think that Warren would be good for America. I think she'd put bankers into cardiac arrest So, in other words, um, the word would get out that the banks would not give donations to the Democrat Party if she were the candidate.
0: But she still has to take on Trump in a whole lot of debating and publicly and, you know, and especially against mistruths.
1: Yeah, exactly. So my heart is with Elizabeth Warren. I think it's a great life story, a story of how an ordinary, lower-middle-class person from Oklahoma with limited aspirations... Uh, with a taste for men who decide to give up their career to marry the at that time the man she loved becomes a a mum. By the way, she her daughter is an expert on finance, and one of the books that I've reviewed that wrote, they wrote what twenty years ago was actually of finance for families. So she you know she was a good mother. She raised good children. Uh, they've done well. But my fear is that she's not going to be able to beat Trump if Trump decides to run again in November of next year.
0: So watch this space. Absolutely. Global Truths was presented by Dr Keith Souter and me, Kate Mack. Produced by Matt Dwyer. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Listener.